everything I say is public. All of my privacy is public, you know? I'm all about the inversion, right? My public life is actually a bunch of confusing stuff that makes it more private. My private <laughs> life is just always being exposed. No, it's a great strategy. I think that I, I was doing that before and then I just got tired and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I wanted to call you because like, you know, Peter, um, I'm at a crossroads in my life right now. I'm breaking up with my partner. With Taya? And yeah. Shit. Uh, well, I mean, like, that's up to you. I mean, I have no say in your life. I'm just See, that's the thing. That's the thing. First of all, all of my friends are like, why? Give me the reasoning behind your emotions now. I've been doing that for two weeks, man. I've been doing that for two fucking weeks. No one's going to sit here and affirm me, you know? No one's going to sit here and affirm me. And the thing is, is that, like, I know, it's, I know my friends. I know they're good people. And I see it as a pattern. Because the pattern is that, you know, everyone affirms somebody else. But they don't affirm me. And I wonder why. I think it's an identity-based issue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, like, it just shit happens. Like, whatever. You know, it's not a big... I mean, sorry, I don't want to downplay. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Jesus oh. Christ, thank you. Really? Okay. Yeah. Nobody fucking... T- I'm just see. I'm still mad about it, if you can't tell. I'm still mad about the fact that I went to all my friends. They were like, explain, 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 you know? Yeah. Like, oh my God, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Like, fucking shit happens. And people, humans yeah. suck at communicating. Right. It's normal. Yeah. Why make me communicate more, you know? Why, yeah. why, why add the pressure at that moment? That's the question, you know? I agree, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry that you're distressed. That's more what I'm sorry about, like, that you're stressed Thanks. out. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I don't know. What, what, do you uh, what have you been up to? What, do, what is okay. your fucking life? You know? <laughs> uh, it's been interesting. I've just been, like, for during Corona, I was just, like, like researching nonstop, like eight hours a day. It was really fun, actually. Like, me too. Reading. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, uh, <laughs> this yeah. is like I really got to dive into shit that I never even thought about before during Corona. You know, I really got to like yeah. really read into. I started. You know, what my my research is taking me is I real I started playing this video game Counter Strike. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, that shit is fucking crazy. It's so cool. It's so interesting. <laughs> what um. Yeah, Hi, me. Selma. Um, <laughs> Hi. Good to see you. Yeah, you can see me. I'm here. Okay. Okay. You want to you talk, talk hear about Counter-Strike, Peter? Yeah. You really want to? Are you sure? Yeah. Go ahead. Hit me. All right. <clears throat> Have you ever played Counter-Strike? Well, like when I was growing up, yeah. Um, I used to go to the PC cafe. Okay. Have you ever played any other first-person shooters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, check this shit out. Okay. When you're in a first-person shooter game, you know, you mm-hmm. take the crosshair you're where your bullets go, and you kind of aim it around, and then either two things happen in a, in a regular first-person shooter. The first thing that happens is, you know, your bullets shoot the person in the head, or if you're not doing it, a lot of the time, you know, the computer kind of helps you, right? It moves the crosshair over the person's, the enemy head or whatever, and does it for you. Counter-Strike is the exact fucking opposite of this. It does not make it easy to shoot at all. In fact, it has completely created this entire system where every single gun has a unique spray pattern and recoil pattern. And you okay. have to adjust for both every time. And on top of that, like, you know, Counter-Strike is just like, really, like the character's movement is not that slow, but not that fast. So like, 
what people have been doing is just basically sort of pushing the limits of how these characters move over and over and over again you know like how much can you do this weird one maneuver that makes you super hard to hit people like people like skateboarding counter-strike you know they're doing tricks and it's like that kind of shit is like you know it's it's so high density this level of the skill the steepness of this learning curve that like yeah. in my opinion the the like middle i say like 50 percent of counter-strike players are better than the entirety of call of duty players or something like that you know you yeah. always see these videos, you always see these videos where like counter-strike player counter cs pro plays counter-strike right and what happens is the cs pro has no fucking sorry sorry cs pro plays call of duty and they just have no problem learning the game at all they're just like oh this is okay whatever they're just having you know they're killing it they're doing great in call of duty when the opposite happens, Call of Duty player pros play Counter Strike. They're like, "Where are my bullets going? What the fuck? Why can't I shoot this guy?" <laughs> you know? And this yeah. is like to me, this is very important as to why Counter Strike is more interesting as a first-person shooter because it kind of has this like much deeper relationship to reality than like any other first-person shooter game does. When you play Call of Duty, you just sit there and rage. You know, you're like, "Fuck yeah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." Yeah. But in Counter Strike, you have to breathe. You have to remain calm, and you have to just be like, "Yeah, oh, there's that guy." <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Oh, I did. I'm dead. Okay. Ah. That's the most excited you can get in Counter Strike because if you get any more excited, you fuck up, you die. Wow, that's pretty cool because it's like it's yeah, a super balanced game. It's all about balance. They they spent 20 years designing this game. It hasn't changed since you've played it. You know, it's amazing. It has not changed at all since you played it. It's no, holy it's shit. More and more balance. Just a little bit more. Just a little that's bit more balance. Just that's incredible. Balance. Like, because I love that game. Like, I remember, yeah, because it was so frustrating. And like. Oh, yeah. I could shred you in Counter-Strike. And it would piss sure. you the fuck off. My, I would my just destroy you. My friends would destroy me. Like, because I was always like this. Stuff. And I'm in the middle range of players. I'm like an average player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No? no, that's amazing. I'm, I'm bad you would. Because like, I, I wasn't that. I was really like. <laughs> Huh. That's amazing. But that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um Yeah, Call of Duty, they have the auto they call it auto aim, right? I I'm not sure. Yeah, auto aim, yeah. yeah, yeah. Auto aim, exactly. It um, auto aim is almost it's funny because the less real a first person shooter is, to me it seems like the more aggressive and warlike it makes the player. Oh that's they're, they're focusing less on their, their hands, you know, they're focusing less on their movements and focusing yeah. more on like just being a pissed off and like energetic and reacting quickly. Whereas like Counter Strike is like the reaction quick, the the, the, a, the aspect where you have to react quickly is already there. You know, whether you have it or not, it's already a built in game. You can't get better at reacting quickly. But everything else, spray control, thoughts of movements, being aware of where the enemy team is, all these very delicate aspects that lead basically to your death immediately because a bullet is so lethal in that game that like that's the other thing about Counter-Strike is bullets are super lethal in the game as opposed to like Call of Duty. In Call of Duty you get shot like 15 times before you die, you know? Counter-Strike you get shot like twice, you're dead. No, yeah, yeah, because like they made a, I mean that's also why Call of Duty is more uh, popular because it's accessible and like the lowering. Exactly, like, yeah. Um, and it makes sense why there's like um, more aggressive and emotional people because they, I think they tend to be dumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like only sm only smarter gamers will play Counter Strike, right? Because like dumb gamers just have to all they want to do is button mash, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's an easy reward, and it's like there's no thought involved. Easy rewards, yeah. Easy uh, rewards. Yeah, I think I mean like that's really funny. Um. um 
here's a here's like I'm gonna run off two tangents. That's okay. Riff off you. Um, go go. Uh, so I was reading like I've been reading a lot of like economic and scientific theory and all this stuff because I was like <laughs> during Corona I was like I'm gonna destroy all of science and economic theory. Um, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> There's this guy, this is really good, like, I've been, like, uh, testing on people this concept, this idea from another guy. You know Nassim Taleb? Have you heard of this guy? Black Swan? Nope. You heard of the Black Swan? Oh, I've seen the Black Swan. Oh, the, the movie. Yeah, yeah. There's this term called the Black Swan, which is, like, this is in economics. Now it's, like, pretty popular concept where it describes an event that's, like, an unseen catastrophe. So, like, the stock market crash is a Black Swan. Also, Corona is a Black Swan. It's, like, this huge catastrophe. Okay. That nobody predicted where mm-hmm. and it's actually the guy um who who is um you know pulled the alarm on corona he's a, he's a guy who wrote this concept of black swan anyways here's this concept called oh, fragile. Okay. yeah fragile and anti-fragile so he's saying fragile is like it's kind of like uh call of duty players like they're like everything's like nicely designed blah, blah blah like everything's streamlined but it makes you dumber and you're just focusing on this really one flat interaction and then like mm-hmm. CSGO or Counter-Strike is kind of like anti-fragile which is like you have to consider a lot of variables and like like you said it's more uh, fidelity to the real world it's like more complex and has more depth um, mm-hmm. that was really, that's really interesting I was just thinking about that when you're saying <laughs> you talk about that as like fragile versus anti-fragile like college- you had two tangents you said you had two tangents that's okay. only one tangent the one tangent, another tangent is um, what I used to do. So I would get my ass kicked all the time. By, and I, I hated Call of Duty also. Um, but I would get my ass kicked in Counter-Strike all the time uh, because people would just like train, you know, constantly. They're practicing like yeah. work every day. I'd be like, fuck, they're killing me. Um, so what I would do is like, I would end up being like, I can't beat these people in skill. So I would just like make up crazy fucking strategies uh, like I would just do exactly. That's how I play. That's how I play. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it works. If you exactly. if you play Counter Strike long enough, the wrong way, you will still beat other players. Yeah. <laughs> and it it the thing is, it works even better in Counter Strike because anyone who's really good at Counter Strike and plays against me, when they when they get killed by me, they know that I killed them in the stupidest way possible, and it makes them even more angry. And then when I know that they're angry, I know that they'll either be more aggressive or less aggressive it's something in between you know so i'm just like all right then i'll just push even further and it works it starts to work especially if they're getting less aggressive when they get more angry so when they start backing off every round after they die i'm just like i can just keep pushing further and further and further and it just pisses them off more and more and more and guess what i win the game and they get super pissed and and that's when usually the racist shit comes out there's like calling me like the n-word or whatever and i'm just like you know what Kill the police and fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. That's when I, yeah. That's fucking amazing. I always make Counter Strike political too. You know, whenever I'm playing on like CT side, uh, counter terrorist side, I'm like, I'm like, the state will smash you fucking little bitches, you know? And then whenever I'm playing on like a, the terrorist side, and I'm, always, I'm always just like, fuck the police. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, yeah, I make Counter Strike way too political. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, I mean, but it's also like, you know, the military plays games like fucking Counter-Strike to simulate actual warfare, so it's like, it's not, it's not far-fetched, I think. Like, Does the military use Counter-Strike or Call of Duty? That's the question. I'm sure, like, I'm, I think they have simulators that they, but it's also like, those game developers are 
less skilled than the Counter-Strike developers. So it's like, it'd be funny as like, it's probably like Counter-Strike is a better yeah. game to train on than, um, I like this. Like, I think CS would probably be a great game to train on because it teaches you that bullets are lethal. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like that's the, you know, in Call of Duty, you're just like, I can run out here and go back, you know, but in Counter-Strike, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's what, that's what war is like. You know, as far as I can tell, I've never been in a war, actual war. You know, I've only lived in America, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, Counter Strike, Counter Strike is literally like this. This is Counter Strike. Ah! And then you're dead, you know? That's Counter Strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that shit. It's like by the time, by the time, like, you see the little other person, they've already. By the time you see his head, you're dead. By the time yeah, you see him, you're dead. Be dead. No, no, I, I used to really You got to see them first. You got to see them first. That's the, that's the play. That's what makes it chess-like, you know? The exactly. chess-like aspect of Counter-Strike is literally you're just trying to put yourself in a position where you can see the enemy first before they see you. Yeah, and I think that's, to me, that's actually a reflection more of what war is like because you, it's like, it's not like war isn't like you want to go head-to-head -head with people. You just want to sneak up on them while they're sleeping and then, like, destroy them, you know? Yeah, like, that's what war used to be. Like, war, or ancient war, right? Like, ancient, ancient war used to be literally just men getting mad and going, like, ah, and you running yeah. at each other, right? But now war is, like, you know, like, first of all, it's not your choice to be a soldier. You know, you used to choose to be a warrior. Right. But now the soldier has no choice, right? The soldier has no choice. And the soldier, you know, he's given all this training all this psychological preparedness to prepare him for killing someone and not to die. And what does he do? He just goes, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's not running and screaming at people. He's just going like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Um, holy shit. But I'm recording this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Recording this. Yes. Yeah, Is it recording both audios? Cause last time you recorded a conversation with me, it only recorded you talking. Yeah, um, you can also record also if you want to. I can also just send this to you. No, no, no. I want. I just. I just want it because I want. I'll post this shit. You know, I'll post. Okay. It. No. Yeah. Because. Um, no, this is really good. I haven't had a conversation like this in a long time. Uh, say. Yeah. So, I feel yeah. like you must be surrounded by people that you talk like this to. Uh, more or less, but it's just like when I, there's more work, I have to like shut down all the cool stuff. Right, because we're all we've always been on the same page. That was the that was the thing from day one. We were always on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is funny. Like, I'm just talking about war. I was, I was somebody. I actually talked to some somebody posted about um, the ancients, also about war. How it was like there was meaning in war, and like I think Wittgenstein also said something like this. Um, yeah, war used to be so meaningful, and now war is just technology. Technology, and but it's also I think this is the interesting part. It's like chess, like you know. What you, what you just said, like, it's more like... Um, Chess is a technology used to describe war. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's War is only a representation of itself now, right? Like, more and more, war gets closer to literally a person just playing video games. Yeah, exactly, which... Um, you know this. You know this. Yeah, you I used to a, work at Raytheon. You know this shit. Yeah, and I made what a... What we want for the technology to do is to make it easier to inflict war, right? That's the whole fucking point of it. Like the yeah. whole point of designing war technologies is to make it easier to win a war, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's like in the runaway, the last century, I think, or like yeah. since the industrialization, that was really the trajectory it took. But um, yeah. because before it was like you know when war used to have meaning, the way that we designed weapons was about brutality. 
and about intimidation and about all these things that are psychological, meaningful, you know, emotional things. But like now when we design weapons, they're very precise, right? It's only like you design a missile now because the point of it is that it can fly through like a window or that window and just kill two people as opposed to like annihilating a city to scare the government. Yeah, because because uh, you want to like, from what I understand, like looking at history or like what you want to do is like capture a city because the city is like a really productive thing. So you just kill the least amount of people. So it's built around capturing cities. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, capturing cities is now the objective. It, it always has been though, right? Capturing exactly. territory or like capturing control centers of the, of the world. But the way that we capture them now is through intimidation. Yeah, yeah, there's never any intimidation anymore outside of politics, right? It's like, yeah, back in the day, ancient war, what you do is you assemble your army to surround the city before you lay siege. Because you don't just start the siege, you assemble your army around the city and then you wait, surrender, you know? When they don't yeah. surrender, that's when you lay siege. But now it's like the politics are doing that. The politics of all the politicians literally just doing these small little microaggressions to each other. You know, that's what diplomacy is, right? Just tiny little regulated microaggressions. Yeah. And like, they're just doing this all over and over again because the idea is that like, you know, we don't want war. Nobody wants war, right? Yeah. So like if the US puts sanctions on Iran, then maybe Iran won't build itself some nuclear weapons. So we're just gonna do sanctions, sanctions, sanctions. But there's some point where Iran is like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what the U.S. says. I don't give a fuck if they don't let us have any fucking food for expensive amounts of money or whatever. Like, we're going to build our fucking missiles. And now the U.S. is like, oh, you're going to build the missiles, are you? Well, let's play a little different game, you know? Now the covert operations really go into effect. And Iran knows this. Iran's right. aware of this, right? So it's the microaggressions intensify covertly. Well, but this is actually, I think it's, okay, so I'm going to, maybe this is a totally controversial thing to say, but. I think it's actually a good thing because that means like less people are dying from from mass war. Um, like, maybe maybe that part is better. You know, it's better that less people are dying from just running at each other with swords and mass dying from swaths yeah. getting killed. You know? what I think it is is that you know what this what this does is that it do, it it actually implicates the necessity of war in a way because what happens is that really really powerful nations will fight. Proxy by proxy by proxy by proxy wars now. Yes. It's not just proxy wars anymore. It's proxy by proxy wars. Right. And like, exactly. They're just so, increasing the, meta the met metastasis, right? They're just increasing yeah. how much the cancer is spread, with, but never actually treating the root cause of the cancer. Well, I think this is a funny... I agree. I, I think this is... It's like the like war kind of starts to permeate everything but then i think this is also interesting because it's like actual you know physical conflict reduces but it permeates everything and then i think yeah. uh, but i i would say it's like you know going back to the ancients there was like in um you know china was going through centuries of war after agriculture right and then like yeah the century they kind of stabilized somehow I, i'm not sure the exact configuration but then like the art of war by sun tzu came out right and then they detailed all the strategies of like the progression of war from like people fighting each other and then there was like attack to supply lines right and then after that it was like yeah people started attacking supply lines they're like oh send your spies and ninjas to sabotage the informational apparatus mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then it was mm -hmm. like fuck this this takes too much energy anyways let's just make peace <laughs> you know like in the end it was yeah. like um so I, I think there's that like i think things kind of but that's the thing is like you know 
you know what's a beautiful about this is that you know China in a way advanced itself past this point in history of what already. warfare was right already already it did that it, oh yeah. this is what Timothy Morton says we've been modern before we have come across yeah. every problem we're facing now before and yeah. lived through it but what all we did was was make the problem worse and the thing is you know let's say like this is the alternate history here this is the erasure this is the problematic thing to say the problematic thing to say is that if china had not been colonized and if china had taken over the world from the 15th century on and been the colonizer perhaps our understanding of war today would have been different right perhaps we would have understood war not as a necessity but as something to be dealt with like a cancer and like this is the thing is like when europe this is my my conspiracy lately is when UK, when Great Britain came to China and said, open your fucking gates or we're going to make war with you. When, the Brit when Britain showed up and did that, what they did was they brought all of their ideas with them as a virus and put it into China. Because they did this on purpose, right? They spread the books. They fucking put the opium into China on purpose. They, did the, they started the opium addiction in China on purpose. British businessmen did this on purpose because what they knew was, was that spreading the colonial information, that by spreading the knowledge that Great Britain had that China didn't, and avoiding to understand that China had knowledge that Great Britain didn't, of course, was to, was to weaken the legitimacy of the Chinese philosophy and the Chinese government. And what they did was, they, what in my opinion, my hot take these days is that what China did not understand what a nation state was before Great Britain, or China's conception of a nation state was completely different than Great Britain's conception, the European oh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And before contact, before contact, there was no China. There was no China. There was the Qing government. There was the Qing empire. Mm. And there was a couple of little smaller kingdoms surrounding it, you know? And like, then Great Britain shows up and then we have to have a Chinese national identity. Then the Chinese national identity has to be created in response. Of course. Yeah. And, yeah. This, is, and this is a chain reaction because, you know, like the reason the UK, yeah. the reason England is a national identity is because France just would not stop waging war in England. France exactly. just would yeah. not stop trying to take over this fucking island. And the English yeah. were like, you know what? We are a people. We are a people. Fuck you. Yeah. That's what happened, you know? No, I, I agree. And I think like a lot, I actually think this is my suspicion that also the, the uh, conception of the nation state in France and all this stuff was actually in response to, um, I think they were scared of the Ottomans. Um, Pushing yeah, out the yeah, yeah. The, the story of Europe is always the same. You know, the story within Europe, within the European theater before colonialism, is always the same. One country is afraid to fight, so they fight another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I, the story of that. Literally, is what it is. You know. Well, I also like this kind of biological metaphor that you're using about like cancer, because it's almost like you know, like a cell is being attacked, and then it creates defenses, and then it. Yeah. In the process, it pisses off other cells. Of human beings. Yeah, yeah. I think it's and it's like, and I, I think what's interesting is what you said about like China, like we're already modern. I totally agree. And I was doing research into, um, you know, there's a there's a city in, uh, I think it's in Mexico called Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. It's like an Incan city. Teotihuacan. No, there's this one called Teotihuacan. It's like a specific city that has different one, different one. Oh, okay. They had about like a couple hundred thousand people, uh, and it had a higher popular de population density than London, but it had 500% less inequality than New York City today. So it's like, yeah, everybody yeah. lived in like a mansion. Like, have you watched this Timothy Morton uh, video that I'm talking no, about? I gotta check it out. He gave a lecture at SciArc, and it's about landscape architecture, or it's a critique of landscape architecture's philosophy in a way. And, um, 
he, he just goes on this acid rant, and you know, where basically the point of it is that we have been here before. We are all Mesopotamians. We are all Mesopotamians. Oh. In the terms of geological history, we are still the ancients because, you know, we just keep fucking up and trying the same shit over and over again. We are insane. You know, he doesn't say this, but this is my take on it, is that like, you know, insanity is defined as trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. This is what we're doing as a species over the course of our entire history, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, which is landscape architecture, which is architecture and attempts to save ourselves from the, from the elements. You know, he's what, what Timothy Morton says is that if you look at uh, the dawn of civilization, it comes as concurrent with the period of climate change as human beings the dawn of civilization was to avoid climate change, which, which is to shelter ourselves from the changing elements. And we are still doing that today. We are just trying to, he calls it greenwashing. The building of windmills is greenwashing. We're sheltering ourselves from the changing elements. We believe that what we're doing is fixing the problem now, but it has no time scale. There's no, in essence, there's no idea, there's no consideration in the design of a windmill for what happens after the windmill falls out of usage. How easy is the windmill to maintain? What is the windmill even made out of? None of this comes into consideration. All we care about is making the windmill. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So it's it's almost like the, um, um, yeah, like the you know the process during the process you're creating effects, and I think that's like absolutely. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I I talk to a lot of people who are into and in green engineering and all stuff, and it's like they're saying it's kind of a clusterfuck also because there's all these standards that don't really make any sense, and then. Still, like large corporations can yeah. keep them. Because the standards exist as part of an ontology that does, according to Timothy Morin, the standards exist as part of an ontological phenomenon for us human beings to just not consider the time scale of what we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not look at it in terms of geologic time. This is interesting. Um, yeah, I was doing a lot of research into the time also during Corona. It was like, because there's no science of time um, in the West, actually, which is really funny. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> time is just a dimension. It's just like three dimensions. Oh, and time. Four of them. Four. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like um, because I'm not uh, without a geologic time school. I agree. And you know, it's interesting. Okay, but this is also interesting because I was reading Korean history too, um, and they're saying that, and this is about it gets in the media. Like they're saying that media in the 15th century in Korea split into two circulations there's like academics and specialist literature and then there was like popular literature which was it all dealt with farming um uh, like kind of farms. <laughs> it's like instagram it was literally like it described instagram as like food uh social norms like how to marry and date and all that stuff and then like the third thing that was really interesting was like one of the most popular books was a calendar like and i was like what the fuck like why would a calendar like didn't people know how the fuck you know, like time, time. Nobody still, it's the unsolved fucking problem was time. Did it tell you why the literature split or did it give a couple of reasons as to why? No, no, it was just like, it, I drew, I drew all this as like, a, I abducted you. These are my own interpretations. I was like, what, what yeah. is the fuck is this time thing? And then like, cause what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to make sure that literatures can't split, that the future literatures will not have any distinction. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I like that's uh, that's what the whole idea of beyond theory for me are is is you know beyond theory means that there th that theory if it ever is to be written can only be written in the vernacular from now on because otherwise it's not just theory it's elitist theory. I like that. Um, oh, this is, I was kind of running around like, <laughs> like I was kind of running around recently uh, hanging out with skaters and like just like so like I came back 
to where I'm from, Virginia, and then like I started hanging out with like like I was talking to like institutional like academic art people and then kind of like community art people and then like like DIY like you know subcultural skaters and like street people street culture and then I was like but it was just interesting I, I totally agree the vernacular um and then somebody told me this interesting thing this is totally tangent was like that one of the few indigenous resistances uh from the Spanish colonizers in Chile they had a successful resistance uh, called the Mapuche and uh, they had a language that was they had seven scales of organization so they could because of the language had I, I don't know like I have no idea like but they could split like they could decentralize very quickly and precisely and then like central like exchange information globally from point to point but it was so they could basically function like a swarm you know like very opportunistic what are you talking about again um where you're talking about the language uh i agree with the vernacular you know i'm totally for like yeah but they're taking so a successful resistance uh, from 15th century i think to the spanish colonizers who came first in south america uh an indigenous resistance they used the seven and they were, you're talking about guerrilla warfare yeah yeah uh, sort of i mean i don't think they called it that but it was just like i was just fascinated but by you're talking it. about advanced guerrilla warfare yeah, well, like de decentralization of tactics. Yeah, yeah but it's decentralization. Like, right, but pre-modern, advanced, post-modern warfare. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like uh, yeah, pre-modern, advanced guerrilla warfare before yeah. guns were invented or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before guns were massively distributed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the Spanish guns changed everything, man. Totally. Uh, guns fucking changed everything. But it's it's interesting because with that's the gun, why I love uh, Tai Gua Chong so much. Sorry, go on. No, no, sorry. But it's interesting because with the gun, it's like how do you get into place? It's like you need information about the landscape. That's like the the terrain of warfare before you get into the place with the gun. The person with the gun, you know, it's like where are you gonna? Yeah. How do you design the landscape? Guns made war about about landscape much more detailed you know the, the 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 fidelity at which we had to understand information increased as the gun became more and more popular as a weapon yeah um totally i think this is really this is this could be the same about technology in general you know this is why exactly. technology has always been weaponized like the more effective technology becomes the more fidelity at which every single individual is required to understand information Right, and I think it kind of fucks it up for anyone who has like you know dyslexia or anyone who's blind or anyone who's deaf, right? It kind of fucks it up for the rest of us in a way. That fucks it up for anyone who isn't just fully prepared to be addicted to learning. Well, if it's like, but this is an interesting thing. What you said was like it's on relation to the landscape. So the physical, there's information that's like in relation to physical terrain changing, if that makes any sense. Not, well, uh, yeah, but also the terrain of our own bodies, right? Right. In the, in the sense that, like, our bodies are not distinct from landscapes. We are all part of right. the same organism. Right, right. So it's like, what I'm saying is that, like, what I see it as is not just, like, you know, technology, like, you know, breaking the landscape down into further and further pieces, but it's breaking us down into further and further pieces. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. So no, I think that I mean I think that's an important um, uh, 
point you made about like those who are not addicted to learning or like this kind of like information. Yeah. But I would say it's like, there's a funny thing because there's a limit to, obviously there's a limit to memory, right? Like say I learn. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. You don't think so? No, there is no limit to our memories. Our brain stores every single piece of every bit of information that we've ever experienced. It stores it. It's been proven that it stores it. The problem is accessing it. And what the internet has done is it's made it possible for us to distribute the information into a place that we can see and we can access it at any moment we want. Hmm. Um, there is no limit to memory anymore and there isn't a limit to what we can oh, store oh. online, you know? Oh, you mean- So no one has any fucking excuse for not remembering anything. Nobody has any fucking excuse anymore. <laughs> you mean with like extended like memory devices? I'm like, you're like- I'm talking about using both internal and external, external. neural networks. Okay, 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 okay. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so, but I would say this is like, you know, I mean like, okay, just for me, like I'm gonna make a confession that like I, my memory fucking sucks, honestly. Like I constantly- Me too, me too. I constantly forget shit and like, you know, I, was, I don't even, yeah, I don't remember I smoke a lot of weed, you know, I don't remember shit. I don't remember my passwords. I can barely keep functioning the same software interfaces, like, um, you know, you can remember your passwords better if you just had one really strong password that you shifted a couple different times for all of your accounts. I mean, that's what that's that's the strategy I actually started doing because I'm like, uh, I was like, fuck all this like individual like. Good job, Peter. Welcome to the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually heard. I I don't know if have you heard this is like the human memory actually operates on a seven second loop. It's like. Yeah. 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 So I, I, this is funny because I human short term memory offers yes. operates on a seven second loop. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that's interesting because it's like I can't remember what I said seven seconds ago, or let alone seven minutes ago. Yeah, not perfectly, at least, right? But I it's in I there. The point is, is because I call it neuroscientists yeah. have, have discovered. You know, we figured this out years ago. It's all fucking in there. And as far as like information density goes you have enough room in your brain to memorize the entire library of congress times 60. oh yeah but there's there's enough room in there for your whole life baby you you got it all but i think functionally like we kind of i suck at it you know like i don't know like functionally maybe you're just bad at accessing i mean you know maybe you're just that's what i mean like my access ability at this point in I, ex- I think, Peter, I experienced the same thing as you, but I think I have a very high propensity for pattern recognition. And okay. when something happens to me more than once, I remember it forever. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you ever, okay, this is a strange question. Um, do you ever have any like rituals for forgetting? Like, like, do you ever like? Yeah, I do drugs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I do drugs and I, I do drugs and I play video games and I fucking hang out with my friends and talk about dumb shit. Okay. But you don't have this is interesting because like at some point I started you know like I'm like I gotta like I gotta forget this. I started like having a some at some point like a conscious like like mechanism was created where I was like it's okay to forget this. You know, or it's like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna think about that anymore. Like. It's gonna exist or whatever. It's gonna happen. It's happened. I don't know. That was a weird yeah. thing. I feel like that's also why part of the reason why I have such a hard time getting over my traumas is that like they just you know my traumas are deep. They happen to me over and over again, and I just keep letting them happen because every time they almost happen, I go into like 
and then huh. it just starts to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the, it's almost know. like this is a really dark thing to say, but it's almost yeah. like, you know, because I never fully resolved my ability to understand sex, I was never able to actually give consent to anyone having sex with me. Well, I mean, that, that makes, uh, logically, that makes sense. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't never thought about this until recently, you know, I never thought about this until I was th trying to think about who was actually taking advantage of who, because for obvious reasons. And I was thinking about this and I was just like, you know what, how could I possibly give consent to someone if every time someone touches me, just horrible memories just flash through my head and my choice is to either dive into sex as a means to escape this or to just deal with the emotions through sex, which I don't want to do, or just deal with them alone, which I also don't want to do. None of these things I want to do, you know? I'm put into a position where I'm offered three choices. Go into sex to forget it, go into sex to deal with it, or deal with it without having sex. And like, that, how, how is that a choice? How is that consensual in any sense of the word, if I choose sex? What, what is it like? So like- The moment someone touches me sexually, yeah all of it comes back right then oh okay okay, okay. okay i understand okay let me i had a strange okay so this is a strange story right Th that has nothing to do with sex just this is a tangent um mm -hmm. i had a friend I had this conversation with a good friend where they got it um they got a text and they said, and I said, dad is dead. And then immediately they just started crying. They're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That's fuck. You know, they're finally just yeah. dying. They just, they just broke down completely in front of me. And I was like, whoa, like, I was like, this is horrible. And I was like, are you like, um, are you like, so, like, let's call, you know, your other people, like, see what's going on, really. Like, or like, has, let's see how, you know, Let's call you need support. Let's call it. Yeah. You need to call uh, someone. Call someone. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I was supporting them. Then they called and then they're like, and they called the first person. They're like, no, the fucking dad's a lot. Like they're eating pizza in front of me. It was the wrong, it was the wrong text. Yeah. I know. What you're <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was just like, but for five minutes, they, were, they just totally believed it was like. Very real. irresponsible text to send someone. Don't you think? I that think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I just, I was like, the, I was like, I can't believe. Not, no, is that I, easy? Is that yeah, easy to trigger someone? Oh my God. Who would have thought? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, but it's like the, you know, we, it's also, we don't really have mechanisms to check, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't think naturally as humans, we're constantly checking. I don't know. The triggers or something. Yeah. <laughs> We don't check the triggers. We don't know. We, we, don't, we don't, Nobody knows what their triggers are. Because if people knew, if everybody knew what their triggers were, this wouldn't be a fucking problem, you know? Oh. Triggers wouldn't be a problem if everyone knew what their triggers were. People don't truly understand their triggers. Yeah. You know what's interesting is like, okay, bringing this back to Counter-Strike, like, from what I understand about guns, there's like, the triggers have like, they used to, what I, when I was reading this stuff, like they have different levels of pull, don't they? Like, there's no, like- No, 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 not that, not that. It's, it's like this. Um, I'll just tell you about a couple of different guns in the game. Yeah. So if you, if you take uh, a shotgun, 
yeah. and you hold it down, you hold the button down, yeah. it shoots, he reloads it, pumps it, and then shoots it. Really slow, basically doesn't, it's not even worth it. You might as well just tap right. it, run away, come back exactly. and tap it again. Right? Yeah. The other, if, you, if you hold a, the button down on an AK, it shoots, but the gun just goes, whoa, you know, it fucking flies away in a second. Yeah. You have to control it if you're going to pull it down. Right. Um, the most important, the most interesting one for me is the revolver. So the revolver is a pistol that they designed to be super powerful. It takes one or two bullets to kill someone with a revolver, and it's a pistol, you know? It's not a, it's not a rifle. It's a pistol. So they put this little thing on it where it's like the revolver, you have to press the button down, and it shoots only after one and a half seconds of being pulled. And then oh, it's shit. super accurate. But you That's also amazing. have a right click. And the right click, what the right click does is he does it Western style. Bada, bada, bada. And that's oh, oh. super inaccurate. Only works at a very close range. Okay. Balance. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a delay because uh, with a revolver, it's, cylinder it's, has to, Yeah, it goes... Zzzz, cylinder has to rotate, zzzz, then the hammer hits. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. So there's three, you know, because you can't click your mouse harder, right? You can only hold it down. So like they designed three different elements. That's so, what's so beautiful about it. three different ways for the trigger to even be manifested into the gun. Well, this is also interesting because, you know, like the trigger is on a spring, right? That's why there's like in a real gun yeah. or also yeah. in a virtual gun, the trigger's on a spring that has like a certain amount of pressure. And then if it slings the hammer back and then they, they like, they kind of tune the trigger. And then I remember I was reading about like the SEAL team people would like adjust the, the amount of pressure on the trigger mm -hmm. so they can fire faster, um, mm -hmm. which is like illegal. And then I think there's laws around this also because like you don't want the- Because it makes it hella dangerous. Yeah, because your gun exactly. can just like jiggle a second and just shoot. Or like you ever play paintball or maybe or like- or Yeah, yeah, I, would, I played paintball for the first time the other day. Yeah, yeah. Double... yeah, so they have triggers that are like super light where you walk it with like two fingers. You know? Yeah, I think that's amazing. But I think it's interesting. It's also like the, um, you know, that there's a degree of like, what's it called? There's a levels threshold for the trigger. I think that's interesting. There's something weird about yeah. that. If they want to do some real gun control laws, they should make it illegal to design a trigger that's not really hard to pull. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that that's the danger about the hair trigger, right? Is that like? Yeah. You might just fucking hit it with, on accident. Like, you sneeze. <laughs> you know, you kill You sneeze someone. and the gun goes off. That's fucking stupid as fuck. Why would someone design it like that, you know? Unless they were... Like, this is the thing about SEAL Team Rick, or whatever. SEAL Team Joe. Is that, like, you know? SEAL Team Joe shouldn't have to... Shouldn't get the opportunity to fucking make his trigger nicer. He should just fucking exactly. actually have a big-ass, muscly finger, you know? That's what SEAL Team... <laughs> you gotta train the finger, exactly. Train the fucking That's finger hilarious. if you want to make your gun easier train, to shoot. Train fucking the finger. Easy, you know? Don't detune the gun. Yeah. No, I think that's hilarious yeah. like, because then it's like it requires a lot more intention and all this stuff. To yeah. Play. Fuck weapons design. You already know this shit. Fuck weapons design. All those people are fucking moralist pieces of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought about this as like, you know, the people who like shoot the guns usually are don't have the intelligence to design them, you know, because like you have this gun that, you know, you know, no, 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 no. You know, the, I got this quote. I got this quote from uh, the guy who used to sing for Black Flag, but now is like a motivational speaker. What's his name? I don't know. Um, whatever. He's he's like a he's like a, you know he used to be a punk rocker and now he stands on stage and just yells at people. But um, <laughs> like he's like a he's like a serious man, you know, serious lecturer guy. Yeah. And he said once that you know, support the troops, 
because soldiers don't start wars, leaders do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Support the troops, end the war. Yeah. I think, but I think it's also interesting. It was like, if you think of, if you think of like psychology as a gun, I mean, cause we already use that term, right? Like trigger. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder if it's like, it's like, you know, and then it's like, it's not about designing, redesigning where triggers are and how triggers should be implemented and who has to say trigger and who has to trigger warnings, fuck trigger warnings. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not about that shit. It's about you and your fucking triggers, you know, get your finger muscled up, fucking build this yeah, shit yeah. up, you know? I, I like this because it's like, it's like, okay, let's, let's say that everybody's always playing Counter-Strike psychologically, you know, in the real world. Right? We, yeah, we sure. So we, what we have to do is train the finger or whatever, you know? Like, train yeah. the finger. Train, train the finger. Like your mind. Train the finger. Your mind is a weapon. <gasps> Train the finger. Your mind is a weapon. Train the fucking finger. Yeah. This is, a, this is also part of what I was saying, you know? Everybody yeah. conducts manipulative social engineering. Because when you speak, you're manipulating someone else's mind. And, it, and if you're speaking alone by yourself, you're manipulating your own mind. Yeah, and I, I mean, I also like this idea that, like, it's kind of like when we speak, we're playing Counter-Strike, right? It's like... Yeah. No, 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 this is... This is yeah, <laughs> right. <Got> it. <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's interesting because you could be like, that guy's using the revolver. You know, he's good with the revolver. This guy's ripping with the AK and his recoils too. It gets this whole. I'm a shotgun. I'm yeah, a shotgun yeah. all the way. I'm a shotgun all the way. That guy's every not... time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a shotgun. You know, I just like people are like people. People who never see me coming, they never see me coming. And when they do, I'm just like, huh! and then they're dead. You know, that's a shotgun. <laughs> But this is hilarious because it's like it goes for a full circle of conversation that's kind of Counter Strike is an amazing metaphor for reality. It's so fucking detailed. Yeah, and I, I I like this. You know, it's like because it also gives this these kind of like nuance to conversation when it's easy to visualize. It's like oh, we're holding guns and then we're like shooting with our mouth yeah, of course it's easy everyone's already seen it everyone's already seen pictures of people with guns shooting each other but no one really thinks about what it fucking means to hold a gun because everyone's scared of guns you know yeah i mean i'm i'm fucking terrified of guns honestly like i shot one no don't be a bitch peter don't be scared of guns guns are real everyone's got one don't be scared i know i know but it's just like i don't trust them you know like because the one time i went no, to well, a- you don't trust you don't trust the person who's handling it think about it well i mean like because guns take a lot of cleaning and shit, you know? Like, you sure. have, I, like I went to a range with this old Korean occupant. Right, went, right, 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 right. And you're scared that he's going to accidentally shoot you because he's fucking no, I'm not scared of the dude. Like, I went to the range with this Korean acupuncturist. Uh, he gave me this gun from his military service days. And then, like, every time I pulled the trigger, it was like a, like, it had a clip, okay? Every time I pulled the trigger, the fucking slide would rack, and then, like, it would rack back, but then the bullet would be stuck in the like diagonal and i was like Holy yeah, it would jam fuck. it would jam yeah it would jam but i could see the bullet pinched between the slide and i was like what the fuck do i do um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah dude but maybe you should maybe you should look into how a gun works more right you should understand them deeply and that would make you probably less afraid no no yeah i'm, I'm just i'm afraid of like poorly cleaned guns you know this is what i'm afraid of like poorly maintained guns Right, because they're just they're just bombs. They're just explosions. Exactly, <laughs> like a sh- 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but this no, is the thing no. is like, you know, like I, for some reason, it's like the more I learn about guns and the more I pay attention to trigger discipline and like where the gun is pointed, that's always the thing where the gun is pointed. Like the mo- the less I am afraid of like a cop who just obviously doesn't know what they're doing with their gun. Like it's just on their belt and they don't even touch it. They never even touch it, you know? Yeah. But I see cops in the airport who like, first of all, they have a rifle and they're yeah. holding it at a terrible angle. It's not even pointed all the way at the ground and their fingers kind of close to it. And that's the part that scares me because I'm sitting there watching this cop and the gun is going over. It's the line of the barrel is going over kill children's heads, you know, and it's passing. over. And I'm like, this cop is a fucking idiot. And you know what happened is that the day after I had this thought or like, maybe this was, or not the day after, but sometime around the time I had this thought, like my friend was at the airport and a cop shot himself in the leg with his gun. (laughs) It was like a whole fiasco, you know? I'm sure that shit happens all the time. It's just like, these people don't know how to use... The reason we're scared of policemen with guns is because we know for a fact that the police don't know how to use their fucking guns. Yeah. Um, you should be less scared of a soldier with a gun. Not because of what he represents. You know, a soldier with a gun is a very terrifying thing. But you should be less scared of a soldier with a gun than you should be of a policeman with a gun. In the sense that the soldier actually won't shoot you accidentally. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because it's like... Um... You know, going back to the the whole like, it's also, I think that's also true at the macro level. Like from what I understand, it's like, you know, people making the decisions to make war actually suck at war. You know, like they're actually really they bad. Suck. They, they suck. suck. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Peter, this is this yeah. conversation has been great. We got, we got to end this now. Okay. Um, can you can you can you send me the recording yeah, like now? Like now? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I love you. You know, I love missed you. you. Missed you too, man. Like. Um, we should you come, come to Berlin. Yeah, I, I'm not like, going to fucking America. No, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to organize this weird thing where I'm like, I've been like talking to Buddhists. Uh, there's a Buddhist temple here in DC. They have a, uh, another one in Berlin, so I might do some art with them. I don't know. It's weird. Cool. Okay. Yeah. There's right. Buddhists in Berlin. Yeah. Ask if, ask your Buddhists about the Buddhists over here. See if they'll set you up. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Like. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool, man. I'll send this right away. Hi, Peter. Talk soon. Definitely. Peace.